0: You're listening to the Ohio Conference Cast, where we explore
1: topics related to the workings of Ohio Conference. Here are your hosts, Bill Seymour and Thomas Dunn. Welcome, everyone, back to Ohio Conference Cast. Uh, this is Bill and I, and we have two guests. So, I? Who's I? <laughs> so we have two guests. Marvin, why don't you introduce yourself? Yeah, my name is Marvin Lorenzana.
2: I'm uh, originally from Honduras, Central America, but lived in the U.S. for the last 25 years.
0: And our other guest.
3: My name is Megan Good, and I'm the teaching pastor of Trinity Mennonite in Phoenix, Arizona.
0: So it's Doctor Megan Good uh, for those of you who are counting, and <laughs> almost but not quite Doctor Marvin Lor- Lorenzana. Uh, he'll graduate and finish <laughs> up uh,
1: this May and May 19th, to be exact.
0: Yeah, not that counting, you're counting days. It. Yeah, <laughs> nobody's
1: counting. But <laughs> so I, I'm really at odds of how to start this podcast because I'm still recovering. You know, Marvin, you said, like I'm an introvert, blah, blah blah, and then then you made us get into groups in this session. It went okay. I survived, but I was pretty upset at you for asking us to do that. All right, I got off the show. Well, my chest. so now wait a
0: minute. <laughs> we haven't even told our listeners like why we're that's podcasting right. I just these people. To get that off our, my chest. Down, all right, so Thomas is angry that you made him talk to people. That's <laughs> fine. All right, so Marvin and Megan are the keynote have been the keynote speakers for the Ohio Conference Missional Conference, which precedes our annual conference assembly. I'm trying to say all these words out because Megan will hit me if I use acronyms. That's one thing I learned this weekend. Uh,
3: I feel like I've succeeded. I can go and home I, happy. And,
1: well, and I'm I'm already on board with you about that. Anyway, but is it, uh, if it's just an initial, is that actually an acronym? I thought an acronym had to be a word.
0: Well, ACA is it's three letters in a row. ACA, that's an acronym. It is. Right, and Megan's that's saying right. yes, and she's smart. <laughs> she's so way, we're just we're just smarter. gonna say <laughs> we're just gonna say whatever she says is good. Actually, All right. I don't even know what it means. ACA. <laughs> Uh, annual conference assembly. There you go. That's what yeah. ACA means. Thank you for that yeah. classic yeah. illustration. Yeah, <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, excellent. So, Marvin, you work with Mennonite Mission Network? I do. Uh, <laughs> and, Megan, you already said you're the teaching pastor at Trinity in Arizona.
2: Thomas and I are just hacks with microphones. <laughs> yeah, actually, I work with both Mennonite Mission Network and Virginia Mennonite Missions.
0: Oh, yes, we should remember that. Yeah. That's just, okay. just
2: my quarter time Virginia yeah. Mennonite Missions. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, where, where are you getting your PhD through? Asbury, Asbury Theological
1: Seminary in more Kentucky. It's a demon? It's
2: a demon in in preaching and leadership.
1: Okay. Basically, that's what it is.
0: So, Megan, you spoke about evangelism, and Marvin, you spoke about discipleship. So, here's my opening question. What's the relationship between evangelism and discipleship?
3: I can't speak for Marvin, but I've become pretty thoroughly persuaded in the last 24 hours that we're not even talking about two separate things anymore, that evangelism and discipleship are phases of a trajectory of formation and Christ likeness. Um, I'm not even sure the line is clear when you've moved between one phase and the next, um, because as we talked about, conversion is often a, a slow kind of turning toward Christ. And that, that is the beginning of the discipleship journey right there.
2: I think so. There are phases of the same coin as another way of of putting it, right? Uh, I suggest people to think about evangelism as pre-conversion discipleship in a way, you know? The moment you establish a relationship with somebody, uh, I sometimes say the discipleship process begins, right? And evangelizing, if you wanna, if you wanna think of evangelizing uh, or evangelizing as a verb, right? You are pouring the gospel onto somebody slowly but surely with the purpose of life transformation, right? We all need to be evangelized at all times. I need the, I need the gospel today. I need to be evangelized today. So that's a never-ending process. The same thing as discipleship. They, they always continue until Christ comes or we go with the Lord, you know?
0: Right. So we all need to be evangelizing. But Megan, last night you said every human being is an evangelist. Can you explain that a little?
3: I think the act of evangelism kind of really fundamentally is an act of persuasion. And I found that every human being loves something or is passionate about something or believes in something strong enough that they think other people should believe it or love it too. Um, That that might be Jesus. That might be your favorite television show. That might be your political ideology. Um, Everybody I know is evangelizing something that is really fundamental to their view of the world. So I think understanding that can take some of the the fear and the sting out of the word evangelism that scares Christians. We're not talking about something that is unusual. We're talking about something that it's our instinct to do as humans, um, to spread the thing we love.
1: Yeah, I've been I've been thinking about that, and it's it's interesting. Like, why is it easy to evangelize a book and harder Christ or Christianity? And one thing I thought, I mean, like, asking someone to read a book is fairly painless. <laughs> the Bible is a book. Yeah, okay. Just um, saying. But you know, asking someone to like completely change their lives is—it's like a little. Bit, it's more intimidating. It's—it's it's way more intimidating.
2: Well, basically, you're saying it's intimidating the idea of uh, doing evangelism, person on a personal basis, one on one, right? Discipleship is that—is that the question? Is that what your yeah, comment? I, was- I guess
1: I'm not sure what I'm saying. I mean, I, I think so. There's less at stake um, uh-huh. if if you don't like. Yeah. you know steinbeck i'm i'm that's fine you don't have yeah. to like steinbeck if you don't like jesus i feel like there's a lot more at yeah. stake there yeah
2: well i think one thing megan both and i, I and i have been trying to communicate this uh, weekend is that uh eva- evangelism actually begins with relationships that are already there Right, it's people you know. I mean, they are already in your radar. Mm-hmm. It's just you have not. I mean, I have not been perhaps intentional enough in cultivating, you know, nurturing those relationships to a point where I can share about my hope, the reason I believe. You you see what I'm saying? I said there's got to be a point. I I I hear sometimes about this friendship evangelism. I don't know, Megan, if you're familiar with that term. Uh, there's books written about that. Mm-hmm. I, you know, let's just befriend people. But if you don't get to a point where you can actually share clearly about why is it that you believe what you believe, why is it that you have this hope in 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 who Jesus is and the kingdom of God, and I mean, I don't know if you're really making any any good. You see what I'm saying? It's good that you have the relationship, but it's got to go. So, so you have to begin with the end in mind, right? And and also be careful. As I said, that I I recognize you have to be careful not to just do this, trying to get something out of that, like bringing this person to my church, right, right. to our fold. But but mostly, you know, there's got to be a moment. There's got to be a, a time, uh, the right kairos, I guess, moment where you can actually share openly. And that happens when, when people actually get to know you, right, and see how you live your life and, and hear you live your values, you know, the kingdom values and all that. And so... So I've known
0: Kelly for 18 years, and uh, th- this is – I don't really know a Kelly. Uh, Why do you I've make it a guy? We're ta- we just had Kelly, a healthy, Kelly, healthy boundaries Kelly training. Kelly is both names. Okay. You ca- I, I have known Kel- Kelly's yeah. both so – Kelly said, the man yeah. you're talking about. No, I have known Kelly for 18 years, uh, a person, and I have intentionally included talking about my excitement about Jesus, and in 18 years, he and or she is just not interested – when do I stop being their friend?
2: No, you never stop being, being a friend. But, but they're not going to get to the end in mind. And that's fine. It could be, it could be that it, they will never respond to you. But the thing is this. See all these relationships as a field that you are sowing, right? You're sowing the kingdom of God uh, seeds, right? When, when, whenever, whenever you share about your faith, whenever you, you talk about why, why you believe what you believe, or what's your hope, for the future um you are just see you know putting that seed in, in somebody's field right everyone eats a feel as we learn from jesus right it's a, but 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 fields are ripe and some people are not ready mm-hmm. some people are ready and some some people are not ready to respond just now and perhaps will never respond to you but that seed, you have to believe in the seed and sometimes i feel that's part of the problem we don't believe in the seed enough, you know, we need to strongly yeah. believe a God is up to something with that person.
3: Well, and the other thing that's worth keeping in mind, we talked last night about social networks and the importance of social networks. And I, I think we have to understand that this kind of evangelism, friendship or any other kind, is done not just individually, but in community. Um, that, that you alone may not be sufficient to shift someone's entire view of the world. But part of what when I invite someone into a relationship with me, I'm also inviting them into a relationship with an entire network of people who also believe. And, and so it's it's not my job to be the entire community or the entire network this person needs. It's my job to be the one within that network, and and ideally be a bridge to other relationships, um, that begin to kind of shift the balance and, and create a sense of credibility around the Christian worldview that only community, I'm convinced, can bring.
0: Hmm. Hmm. So these are, and I asked, I started with that question because I, my sense is that the Mennonites. And I'm sure others, but we are a bunch of Mennonites. Uh, struggle with that. Okay, how long? How long do I maintain that relationship if they're not budging? Right, and and then Megan, your comments like I, I've been taught to be self-sufficient and to work hard and to do it myself, and and so it really is up to me for this friend, and I. It's not, some, it's not Thomas's responsibility. Kelly's my responsibility. By the way, I just remembered that we have a listener whose name is Kelly, and I'm not referring to that person. <laughs> so, yeah, anyway.
2: So another thing, uh, another missional principle that we find in Jesus' way of making disciples is this idea of the personal peace. The person of peace is this I mean, Jesus sends his, 70, his 72 in one of the Gospels, and, and he, he gives them uh, specific instructions, right? Go in pairs to the towns where I will be and find the person of peace or the person who's worth it you know, in other versions, right? right. Uh. Find that person, stay in their house. If the peace that you are, that you bear, you know, stays, you know, with them. In other words, if you are welcomed there, stay there, eat whatever they give you, make that your headquarters, right? In, the, in mm-hmm. so, so to speak, mm-hmm. and begin the ministry from there. And so, what I what I what ha- what happens is this, I don't stick to people longer than I than I need to because I don't want people to feel that I'm after them because I wanted to be part of my church. You see what I'm saying? I I bef- right. I befriend people, but I pay special attention to people who respond to the gospel quickly. Right? And if they do, like this brother, I just shared a story of a brother, he'll say, you know, yeah, this is exactly what I've been looking for. I just got out of jail, I need this Can you invest time with me? I I appreciate that, right? So that's for me. That's a personal piece. That's a good starting point, right? And this person certainly knows. This person has a network of people, some of which are already coming to our church now, just because somebody decided to invest time
1: with them. Bill, I know you weren't asking me the question, but it sounds like you're commodifying people. Like, well, I'm I'm suggesting that we do relationship until i know they're not going to become a christian so then i ditch that relationship I and mean, is that-
0: i'm suggesting that we think that sometimes oh, okay. yeah
3: well and the other factor i think at work here that we haven't named yet this weekend is somewhat a, a factor of circumstance that, that there are situations in people's lives and their families and their marriages that that create openings of sensitivity right. and hunger and partially when you talk about like is the time right or is this person ripe? Right, you might be having a conversation about like the circumstance is not yours to control but there is a moment in this person's life when they may be open that partially you you were journeying with them and watching for that opening and that's part of the patience and the prayer and just the consistent presence of saying, if this moment isn't now, that doesn't mean it never opens. Right. Um, and I think you just, you kind of have to listen to the spirit on that and be sensitive to, is this person not responding because, because they have hardened themselves against the gospel and they just don't care? Hmm. <laughs> or, or is this a timing issue? Like the time isn't ripe yet. Like the, the, the opening hasn't come. And there's no one answer. Jesus tells that great parable about there are different kinds of soil the seed falls on. And seeds don't grow for different reasons at different times. So partially it's watching what, what is actually happening in this person and which direction are they moving.
1: Megan and Marvin have been speaking to us for the last two days now, and they have more speaking this afternoon. Uh, so we want to respect their time. But any final comments you guys want to share with with Ohio Conference via the podcast before we let you go and eat your own lunch? Yeah, going back to your example, Bill, with Kelly,
2: I would encourage you and any anyone who is in that situation, you know, cultivating, nurturing relationships, it has got to be a point where you challenge people to follow Jesus. Like, you know, you remember the story of the, the young, uh, rich guy who came to Jesus, right, and asked, how can I, what was the question, how can I uh, Go inherit the kingdom yeah, of, right. of heaven? And, and Jesus says, well, do this, do that. Oh, I've done everything. All right, excellent. So... Sell everything you have and follow me. Pay the price. The rich young person uh, turned away, really sad, because Scripture says he really had a lot of stuff, (laughs) right? He was not willing already. The thing is this. Jesus asked the question. He he challenged him. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I wonder if that's exactly what people need to hear from us, you know? Sometimes I do that with some people, after I have nurtured, after I, ha- I, I know that they know that I love them, that I care for them, right? It's not my first question to them, right? <laughs> but after a while, hey, perhaps you need to think about following Jesus. And if you are willing and ready, I'll be available to help you in this journey because I'm also trying to learn how to do it. So what if we do it together? And possible answers are always... No way. I don't want to do it. Or you know what? Thank you for asking. Mm -hmm. I actually need this in my life right now because this is happening. Mm -hmm. Now, it's not happening before, but it's happening now, right? My marriage is on the brink brink of whatever, disaster, right? And I need help. Mm -hmm. So thank you. Yes. Mm -hmm. When do we begin? (laughs) You see what I'm saying? Cool. Yeah.
0: Megan?
3: I think the word of challenge that I would leave people with is that if you consider yourself a Christian and a follower of Jesus, no matter what stage you are, uh, discipleship should always be uncomfortable for you in some way. Uh, That is the sign that you are in a growing journey and have not stagnated, which is basically a version of going backwards. And I think a lot of us have gotten used to a status quo where like, I'm going to keep my routine. I'm going to do the things I've always done. And Christianity gets very comfortable. Um, and when when I am in a comfortable zone as a Christian, that's when I know I've got work to do <laughs> because it means I've ceased to be alert to dark parts of my own journey, to the areas God is calling me to acquire new capacities and move forward. So for some of us, we've been in a long phase of comfort and this conversation on evangelism and making of disciples May be that kind of holy discomfort that God is calling us into. I just think that's something for us to each watch. How comfortable are you, or where, where where is your discomfort? Because that's that's probably the area God is calling you to grow toward.
0: Okay, cool. Well, thank you, Marvin and Megan. We probably should do a couple of plugs. Marvin works with missional discipleship groups you know, how conference, we have this missional discipleship initiative, which pulls Marvin in and we have some folks in here. So ask your pastor or ask people you know about those or go to the Mennonite Mission Network website and I'm sure you can find something about missional discipleship groups. And Megan, you have a book coming out in December. about October. uh, Oh, even better. October. (laughs) What's the title?
3: It's called The Bible Unwrapped, Making Sense of Scripture Today.
0: And uh, I would really highly recommend that uh, everybody get a copy and read it. It will be very helpful. Uh, It's a Herald Press book, right? Yes, Yes, it's a Herald Press book. You're going to put Herald Press on the map. Thanks for doing that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you, Megan and Marvin, for coming to Ohio Conference and sitting down with us for a bit. And we look forward to what all you have the rest of the day.
3: Thanks for having us. Thank you. Appreciate that. Thanks for listening
0: to the Ohio Conference cast. We would like to hear from you. You can email us at ohioconferencecast at gmail.com with any topics or questions you would like
2: us to explore.